is the world. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Today is Wednesday, November 30th. I'm Lisa Mullins in Boston. Hillary Clinton sounds an optimistic note as she starts her visit to Myanmar. Obviously, we and many other nations are quite hopeful that these uh, flickers of progress, as President Obama called them, uh, will be ignited. We'll hear what the Burmese opposition wants from Clinton's visit. Also, the struggles of an Aboriginal man taken as a child from his family in Australia and raised in England. I think like an Englishman inside the head, and I have um, black man's heart and blood. BBC News with Marion Marshall. Britain has ordered the closure of the Iranian embassy in London and said staff must leave within 48 hours. The British Foreign Secretary William Hague announced the measures a day after protesters stormed the British embassy and diplomatic compounds in Iran. Mr Hague said this couldn't have happened without some degree of official consent. An Iranian government spokesman described the British response as hasty and warned that Iran would take further appropriate action. The US State Department spokesman Mark Toner said Iran was increasingly isolated. The yeah, UK is withdrawing uh, many of its embassy personnel. Uh, Germany also recalled its ambassador. And even China called the uh, action unacceptable yesterday in Tehran. So you're seeing uh, both uh, a chorus of international condemnation as well as actions on the part of countries around the world that I think, again, reflect Iran's uh, isolation. Stock markets around the world have rallied after the central banks of six leading economies launched coordinated action to improve the availability of credit for businesses and households. American stocks jumped 3% following similar rises on European markets. Here's our economics correspondent, Andrew Walker. Central banks can offer as much as they want by way of loans in their own currency, but when financial institutions need foreign currency, it has to come from the other country's central bank. Some banks are struggling to get the dollar funds they need, so the leading central banks have agreed to lower the cost of providing them under a swap arrangement with the US Federal Reserve. They say they are prepared to make similar arrangements for other currencies, including the euro and the Japanese yen, but they say it's only the dollar where there is now a need. Trade unions in Britain have staged the biggest public sector strike in decades. Up to two million workers are opposing pension reforms that may lead to later retirement and higher contributions. Tens of thousands of protesters marched in London, Manchester and Edinburgh. Most schools were closed and hospitals cancelled medical procedures. Here's our political correspondent, Rob Watson. Trade union leaders, among them Mark Sawatka, accused the government of trying to balance the heavily indebted books on the backs of public sector workers. Yesterday the Chancellor gave us more unremitting gloom where he made it clear that working people would be targeted. So today is the opportunity for millions to say no. We're not paying the price for this, we didn't cause it, and what you're doing is making the situation worse. Although the strike closed many schools, the government claimed the disruption was not as widespread as feared. In Parliament, the Prime Minister, David Cameron, described the strike as something of a damp squib. The Burmese pro-democracy leader, Aung San Suu Kyi, says she hopes the American Secretary of State's current visit will encourage Burma's military-backed government to undertake further reforms. She was speaking as Hillary Clinton began the first trip to Burma by a US Secretary of State in more than half a century. Mrs Clinton will meet President Thane Sein on Thursday. World News from the BBC. 
The Syrian authorities say they've freed more than 900 prisoners involved in recent anti-government protests. State media said the amnesty followed the release of more than 1,500 prisoners earlier this month. Pressure is continuing to mount on the government of President Bashar al-Assad to end its violent suppression of the protests. An inquiry has heavily criticised one of Britain's leading universities for accepting a donation from a charity run by Saif al-Islam Gaddafi, the son of the former Libyan leader. A report by a former judge, Lord Wolfe, said the London School of Economics, the LSE, had made mistakes that had damaged its reputation. More from our diplomatic correspondent, Bridget Kendall. This long-awaited report is scathing in its criticism. Lord Wolfe said the LSE had exposed itself to a significant degree of risk by failing to check out properly the donation from Saif Gaddafi's charity and by allowing other links with the former Gaddafi regime to grow unchecked. And it describes as unfortunate and naive the decision to accept the donation only weeks after awarding Saif Gaddafi his...